Here's a Lotus is Guinness Anderson's podcast, and it's the 26th of May 2021. The time is 20.36, and it is Wednesday. Now, I hope you are doing well, that you are enjoying life, and that you have had some ups in your life. Not so much as the usually saying goes, ups and downs. So, concentrating on the ups in life, of course, we should also take the good with the bad, because it's, it's inevitable, and it's, of course, also coming to us. But focusing on the good things in life, what makes you happy and content with life, that should be our main focus. So if we have a hobby that we can indulge our time in, that we can put some effort into that makes life more enjoyable. It could also be reading a book. It could also be traveling. And it does not mean that we have to travel many hundred miles or thousands of miles it could be just around the corner. So experiencing in nature could also help us mood-wise, so that we better our moods, that we build up our moods and our self-confidence. Because, as it says here, acceptance of who we are in the head title, do we truly accept who we are? Or, and of course this is also uh, our mistakes, our personality flaws, do we accept everything about ourselves? That's the main question. And of course one I've been talking about for many years now, also in the English podcast, who we truly are as human beings, uh, our deepest thoughts and ideas about life, how to live life to the fullest. That should be the main focus of our lives. Concentrating also of, uh, or about living in the right here, right now moment is also very important. <coughs> I'm not saying it's not going to be beneficial for us to make plans ahead in the future, but also not having our head in the future all the time is very important. <clears throat> because if you have plans for the future and they do not get fulfilled, it can be very troublesome. It can create a sort of like a void in your life. And this void could be like you feel that in three or four months from now you are going to do something that is going to broaden your horizon or that's going to somehow make you more happy in life. Well, that I would suggest is maybe a bit wrong to always look ahead and do not and not uh, enjoy life right here, right now. Because the experience we are having right here, right now, is the experiencing of being ourselves right here, right now. 
So perhaps we are escaping from ourselves when we or our mind is always in the future. And perhaps if we reach our goal, we will see that perhaps we are not going to be so happy as we thought we might be because our expectations were uh, too big uh, to be fulfilled once we had this dream come true. I'm not saying that dreams are not good to have, goals are not good to have, of course. This is a driving force for us human beings. But we also need to have a more profound look on ourselves, a more truthful look upon, upon ourselves, and perhaps see to, say to ourselves, well, life is what it is right here, right now for me. Let's make the best of it. Like, let's strive for achieving a certain amount of happiness in our lives right here, right now, instead of always focus on the future. But the future is going to come regardless. I cannot predict the future. None of us can. So why worry about it? Why care about it? Why constantly think about something that might not come true? So right here, right now, I'm sitting here talking to you. Of course, I have been at work today, so I'm a bit tired. But it's a, a pleasant kind of tired. I have used my body well for the job at hand. So I also feel <clears throat> that I have achieved something today. That I, do, I have not just sit around the couch doing nothing, <clears throat> but I have done something with my life today. Regardless of how small my achievement might be, it makes me feel happy. It makes me feel glad inside. It makes me feel content with life. Because at least I know, work-wise, that I'm doing the best I can to provide for myself, to provide food for on the table and shelter and a decent car and a decent lifestyle. I'm not saying that I'm living in total luxury, but a certain amount of content in life can make it more pleasurable to, to be alive. Because also I can see a lot of poverty around in Denmark. When I watch the news, uh, trailer park uh, trailer parks have been skyrocketing because of a lot of people are becoming poor under this uh, yeah I say pandemic uh, scam of course because it's a uh, part of a greater reset of course but I'm not going to talk about this because the information is out there so take it or leave it so to speak you can do your own investigation. So I'm not saying that my life situation is the same as yours or any other human being on the planet. 
But what I'm saying is, we always have a tendency to worry about the future and think about the past. Instead of meditating on living right here, right now. Because I have discovered that meditation, maybe an hour a day, keeps me grounded, keeps me alive, keeps me happy, keeps me feeling um, a certain amount of happiness in my life. And this is hard to explain uh, to people who have not tried it yet, but I would suggest you try it for yourself, so you can experience the wonders of meditation where you clear your mind of all the bad thoughts from the garbage can and start developing a more sound mind, a more healthy mind. And this has something to do with what we put through our eyes and ears, of course, becoming very selective about it. And of course, I have been reading many things uh, on my podcast about human beings trying to do so, uh, mainly that. And I have also hoped that it helped you in any way possible, and it has certainly helped me to focus on the positive things in life and be happy and content with life as it is. Because we can always want something different. We can always want, yeah, you know the saying, the grass is always greener on the other side. But when we come to the other side, we find it, well, it's not <laughs> so green after all. So perhaps we should be content with our life situation right here, right now. Let's start analyzing our lives and see, is there any way I can better my life circumstances? Is there any way that I can find happiness in my life right here, right now? Is there anything that I can say to myself or do that will be uplifting for me? Uplifting thoughts and ideas, if you have them, I will highly suggest that you write them down so that you, when you feel a bit confused, you can look at your notebooks and see these positive thoughts and ideas from the past entering your mind again. And of course, also keeping a certain amount of diary is also very important because it helps you to remember positive uh, feelings and emotions from the past, positive experiencing experiences from the past, so that you can remember the good and happy thoughts and good and happy memories of your past. Because what tends to happen is we tend to focus on the past of all the negative things that have happened. So let's stop doing that and start focusing on the more positive things that has, 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 has happened in our lives so that we become more in tune with who we truly are. 
because we are everlasting love and kindness. Every human being have a certain amount of love and kindness deep within them, a certain amount of personality traits. I will even say a person deep inside ourselves that is our true self, that is our true personality. But we have been hiding it for many years. We have been shunning it or sheltering it so that it didn't get hurt. And it has a lot of, a lot of things to do with what other people think about us or what we think they think about us, I should point out. So this is one of the greatest hindrances for us to achieving, becoming everlasting love and kindness. Because that is what Jehovah God, the Almighty One, wants us to do. He wants us to get rid of all negative personality traits. He wants us to fight off our tendency to always focus on the negative things and start focusing on the positive things in life. So positivity, having a positive outlook on life, seeing things the way the Creator sees us. He sees us with great potential to becoming even more loving and caring and kind than we were yesterday. So let's focus on this. Let's start by doing the best we can to mold our mind in a direction that is going to be even more positive than it was yesterday. So let's just read out loud from the book about self-confidence. And I changed the scenes as I usually do so I can see where I have changed like this. So, read out loud. And we have come to acceptance. In life, there are things that we can change and adjust and things that, no matter how hard we try, we are unable to do anything about. It is likely that you have become more aware of this while working your way through this book. For example, you may have surprised yourself by now being able to do certain things that you previously felt were impossible for you. However, this may be accompanied by a feeling of sadness that you were unable to do such things in the past. In addition, you may be aware that things such as your fundamental appearance or certain aspects of your personality are also difficult, if not impossible, to change. The concept, and more importantly, the feeling of acceptance, can help uh, us come to terms with such things. Acceptance is not about being defeated. Instead, it can be a very powerful state of mind, a strong foundation upon which to base new developments in our lives. Although it is useful to develop acceptance of the things we cannot change, it can also be helpful to develop acceptance of how things are for you at the present. The perfect illusion. One of the reasons people suffer with poor self-confidence is because they try and fail to be perfect. When they don't achieve what they set out to do, they give themselves a hard time. 
If you think this may be the case for you, ask yourself the question, would I like someone who was perfect? I personally find it difficult to be around people whom I perceive as perfect. I can easily be intimidated by them and, as a consequence, I don't spend so I don't tend to feel good about myself while I'm around them. If I think back to times in my life when an acquaintance has become a friend, it was usually it has usually come about when something has happened to show that this person is a human being who is not perfect. For example, when perfect Amy let me know that she was struggling with work and was worried about it, things between us changed. She turned from being someone with whom I engaged in social chit-chat to someone I had a connection with. Her admission made me see her as a human being. I felt flattered that she had confided me. It gave me an opportunity to feel I was a help to her, and our friendship developed from that point. To drive this message home further, in the film Goodwill Hunting, what will Robin Williams' character defends his late wife by passionately st- stating that it was her idiocracy and imperfections that made her perfect in his eyes. Watch the film if you haven't seen it. The message is delivered very powerfully. This is something I bring to mind whenever I find that self-criticism has been triggered in me. It helps me be self-com- self-compassionate and ultimately to accept myself idiosynchronicity, and boys, there's a lot of them, and all. Close consideration of things we cannot change can be emotionally draining. It may be helpful for you to work initially on things that are likely to produce relatively less powerful emotions. As you become more practiced in this way of working, you can move on to the things that are more challenging for you. Exercise number 56. Accepting yourself and things that you cannot change. As you have done with many of the previous exercises, find a place where you can be relatively undisturbed for 10 to 15 minutes or so, where you will be free from distractions and where you feel comfortable to engage in the imagery exercise Sit with strengthening your spine and with feelings of openness and warmth. Bring a slight smile to your face. Step number one. Bring to mind something that you wish you could change but cannot. You may choose something that happened in the past or something in the present. Step number two. Engage with your soothing rhythm breathing and when you are ready, bring to mind your ideal compassionate self or a compassionate image. This may be your perfect nurturer, compassionate coach or compassionate companion. Number three, remind yourself of the key qualities of compassion, experiencing each of them in turn. Step number four, now bring your attention to the aspects of your life that you cannot change. Invite your ideal compassionate self or your compassionate coach, companion or other roles to re- Recognize the disappointment you feel that change is not possible. Step number five. 
Now think about what your ideal compassionate self or compassionate role might say about this. How would its voice sound? What emotions would it direct towards you? Are there colors, smells or sounds associated with this experience? Consider this for a few minutes. Step number six. If possible, experience a sensation of peace, a sense of calm, a sense of acceptance, once again allowing this to last for a while. Step number seven. When you are ready, return to your soothing rhythm breathing and let the image and the experience fade from your mind, slowly bringing your awareness back to your surroundings. Mary Stowe is an example of how this exercise helped someone accept problems with her appearance and achieve more self-confidence as a result. Mary's story. Mary had lost her mother to cancer when she was only three years old and had later suffered at the hands of her stepmother. She was bullied at school and had had a couple of difficult relationships. It seems as though her life after three years of age could be represented by the domino effect. The diagramic formulation and imagery exercises had helped her grieve and feel less anger about a number of things, but she felt she still had work to do. Mary also identified that there were things in her present life that she wanted to change but couldn't. She was self-conscious about her appearance, more specifically her crooked smile and large nose. When she managed to ask people she cared about for feedback on this, they reacted kindly, but confirmed that she did indeed have a crooked smile and a large nose. Despite this, she felt okay in their company, knowing they would love her whatever, but with other people she felt extremely self-conscious and would bow her head, avoid smiling and sometimes avoid social situations altogether. Mary had found compassionate behavioral experience very useful, but still felt she was struggling to accept her looks. She decided to work further on acceptance of her appearance. She brought to mind how she looked and imagined sitting in the presence of her compassionate coach. She imagined her compassionate coach gently cupping her face with two hands. She heard her coach softly say, You are who you are. You are okay. There's no need to hang your head. Feel the strength to hold your head up high. When things are difficult, take a breath. Feel the warmth, the strength and courage. Face the world. This exercise changed Mary's life dramatically. Although it brought her to tears at the time, she felt the strength and courage she needed to face the world in a spirit of self-acceptance. The other experiments she engaged in suddenly seemed easier to do, setbacks were easier to recover from and her self-confidence grew. Reflection on exercise number 56. As in the case of previous exercises, especially those using imagery, you may find that your self-critic attempts to undermine your efforts. If this is the case, remind your self-critic that you are both on the same team and that there are alternatively and more helpful ways that self-criticism than self-criticism to achieve your goals. This exercise may be difficult to undertake. You may want to plan to do something afterwards for yourself as a reward. Have a warm bath, go for a walk, see a friend, 
put some uplifting music on, or take a nap. Exercise number 57. Embracing who you are. So let's just take this one here. Reflection of exercise number 56. Being aware of the fact that Mary, there was something that she could not change in her life circumstances, but accepting it. Of course, this was something to do with her looks, but accepting it and becoming aware of the fact that it was not something that she should really bother herself about. And she used this imagery and his, and this um, coach, the imagery coach, helped her a great deal. So, as it says here, although it brought her tears at times, she felt the strength and courage she needed to face the world in a spirit of self-acceptance. So, and of course, this is not going to come just by doing it one or two times. It has to do so. It has to be done many times before you might see some result, of course. Because she has been traumatized from an early age, and of course, counseling and therapy might also help uh, her to cope and deal with things she might feel that she lacks in in her life. So, so you have to realize that it's not just um, an easy task, this, because when you are trying to work on yourself, there might become obstacles or be obstacles that are extremely difficult to overcome. But be aware of the fact that Perhaps your, even your self-critic is going to judge you. But being aware of the fact that you also have a soothing um, voice deep inside, use that voice to soothe yourself and calm yourself down and tell you that it is okay to have these feelings because you have, have a, had a very difficult life. And of course, this is not going to be easy but when you reach the highest hills, you know that it's only going to be downhill from there. It's only going to allow you to look at the future in a more bright light. So let's just take exercise number 57. Embracing who you are, in contrast to the previous exercise, which is often associated with a sense of gentleness and warmth, people often find that embracing who they are is energizing. Of course, both exercises aim to help you feel a sense of inner strength. Once again, start with something that is relatively easy for you and move on to things that are more difficult later. Find a place where you can be undisturbed for 10 to 15 minutes and so, or so, on that one that is free from distractions and where you can comfortably engage in an imagery exercise. Step number one, bring to mind something that is associated with difficult feelings for you, something that you cannot change and have difficult accepting. It may be an aspect of your appearance, part of your personality, 
something that has happened to you, or something that is going on at the moment. Step number two. Now stand up. Feel strength and alertness in your spine. Engage in your soothing rhythm breathing. With each breath, feel your chest expand. Adjust your posture to evoke strength. Step number three. If it helps, inhabit your ideal compassionate self. Alternatively, imagine your compassionate coach or companion or your perfect nurturer standing with you, maybe behind you, maybe alongside, with a hand on your shoulder. Step number four. Now, with both warmth and strength, make a statement such as the following. I am a human being who has amazing capacities and abilities. It is normal for me to struggle in certain areas and at certain times. I am a human. I am not perfect. I have and have and am or have experienced. It is understandable for me to have difficulty with this, but I am resilient and I can accept this about myself. Stay with this feeling for a while. Step number five. When you are ready, return to your soothing rhythm breathing. Once more, feel a sense of strength and alertness in your posture and your mind. Now let the experience fade slowly, <coughs> bringing your awareness back to where you are standing. Reflection on exercise number 57. During many of these exercises, it is beneficial to experience a balance of all of the key qualities of compassion. However, in this exercise it can be more helpful to focus on specific components of compassion, primarily strength and courage. Here are a few statements that people have previously found helpful to use during this exercise. At this moment in time, I am not as self-confident as I would like to be. I am a survivor. I have survived difficult things. I am a shy person. I have a stammer. I have a big nose, so what? During the exercise, the aim is not to feel apologetic, but rather to feel strength and a sense of self-confidence, even with respect to something that you are usually find difficult to accept. Compassionate imagery may help you with this. Adjusting your posture during the exercise until you feel a sense of strength and self-confidence can also be extremely helpful. Exercise number 58. Accepting your situation right here, right now. This exercise is similar to the previous one, but instead of focusing on something that you cannot or are unlikely to be able to change, the focus is on accepting where you find yourself right now. Find a place where you can be relatively undisturbed for 10 to 15 minutes or so, a place where it is free from distractions, where you feel comfortable to engage in an imagery exercise. Step number one. While standing up, feel strength in your spine and a sense of alertness. Engage in your soothing rhythm breathing. With each breath, feel your chest expand. And if it helps, adjust your posture to evoke a sense of strength. Step number two. If it helps, 
Imagine your ideal compassionate self or other compassionate role standing with you, maybe behind you, maybe alongside, with a hand on your shoulder. Step number three, now with both warmth and strength, make a statement such as the following, I am a human being who has amazing capacities and abilities. It is normal for me to struggle in certain areas and at certain times. I am a human. I am not perfect, but I can accept myself for who, I'm a, for who I am right here, right now in this moment. Stay with this experience for a few moments. Step, step number four. When you are ready, return to your soothing rhythm breathing. Once more, feel a sense of strength and alertness in your posture and your mind. Now let the experience fade, slowly bringing your awareness back to where you are standing. Reflection on exercise number 58. For many people, writing preparation for exercise 57 and 58 can be helpful. Allowing yourself the time to create a statement that is both meaningful and personal to you can help to enhance your self-confidence, as well as help you to carry out this exercise to the best effect. Although some people find it easy to voice a statement out loud, others prefer to speak the words in their mind. If this is the case for you, I would encourage you to build up gradually to speaking the words out loud. Time and time again, people report that saying and also hearing the words has more of an impact on them. Rate, uh, tone of voice and rate of speech, as well as posture, are key. Play around with the exercise to increase its benefits to you. You may need to work up to a confidently delivering statement, first dating or first starting in a whisper and slowly building upon this. Rate of speech is important too, as you need to take time to feel what you are saying, allowing the limbic system to register it. Finally, it can be helpful to engage in this exercise in front of those you trust and care about. If you are able to do this, make sure that you engage in some degree of eye contact, as visual feedback from others can be very important. Using self-compassion to guide your day. It is hoped that as you read this book, you have tried all manner of compassionate exercises aimed at building your self-confidence. Hopefully, some of these will become part of your personality or personal daily or weekly practice. What follows is a very brief yet powerful exercise. It is one that I personally use all the time. I find that when I feel anxious about certain things at work, avoidance strikes, for example. I hate making phone calls that make me that make may be awkward, and so I will find all manner of excuses to avoid picking up the phone. When I eventually make the call, I feel an incredible sense of relief. I wonder why on earth I have been avoiding the task and swear that I won't do it again. Despite this, guess what happens the following week? Well, without my self-compassionate practice, this pattern would repeat itself over and over again. I am not saying that I never avoid such things now, 
But on the days I practice this exercise, I tend to do what I need to do. I feel better about my work, happier with myself, and molehills don't end up becoming mountains. Exercise number 59. Guiding your day. Step number one. Take a soothing breath. Calm your mind and body. Step number two. Bring to mind your ideal compassionate self or a compassionate role. Step number three. Now slowly and warmly ask your ideal compassionate self or compassionate role the following question. What can I do for myself today that will make tomorrow a better day? Step number four. Imagine how you feel or will feel if you manage to do the things or things, thing or things you brought to mind in step number three. Step number five. Take a soothing breath. Feel a sense of strength and warmth. Step number six. Now be guided by your own compassionate advice. Using self-compassion is Sorry, using self-compassion in difficult situations. Many of the exercises in this book have been introduced with the explicit instructions that you should start with something easy, finding a place where you feel comfortable, and taking a certain amount of time for reflection. As time goes by, such practices hopefully will train your brain so that different frames of mind become more readily acceptable and an integral part of your life. <clears throat> but what can but what can help you during difficult situations? I don't know about you, but when I find myself in a situation where my self-confidence is low or feeling dented, I tend to question myself a lot. I not only question what I have done, but also what I might do now to make myself feel better. Sometimes this results in my mind seemingly shutting down, At other times, it seems to blow a fuse. My anxious brain tells me one thing, my upset brain tells me something else, and my angry brain contradicts both seemingly simultaneously. This next exercise can help guide you in that moment. That is not to say that this practice guarantees that you will make the right decisions or do the right thing at all the time, but it can help. I find it invaluable. Exercise number 60. Using self-compassion in difficult situations. When you find yourself in the middle of a difficult situation, step number one, take a soothing breath. Step number two, alter your posture and maybe your facial expression in a way that it will awoke a sense of compassion and a sense of calmness and strength. Step number three, take a moment. Step number four, now let this frame of mind guide you. Reflection on exercise number 60. This exercise is aimed at altering your frame of mind in difficult situations with the aim of altering the way you feel, the thoughts that you have, what you attend to, and what actions or inactions you take. You are constantly stepping out of your threat system and into a compassionate mindset. When engaging in this practice, you may find that a simple change in posture can help change your perspective. If standing, you can take a step to one side. If sitting, you can adjust your posture. 
maybe shifting your weight on the seat, crossing or uncrossing your legs, or simply adjusting yourself again the, against the back of, your, of the chair. As you have hopefully experienced, small postural changes can have a significant impact. Conjuring compassionate imagery or the ideal compassionate self is not the only way of quickly changing your frame of mind. Some people have described how imagining a particular color can help them, while others have found the use of a familiar scent on a tissue or handkerchief to be a quite uh, sorry, a quick and beneficial way for them to gain a clear perspective on a situation and regain, regain, regain their self-confidence. You may have found some of these strategies helpful while practicing previous exercises in this book. If so, it may be helpful to adopt them in conjunction with this exercise. Conclusion this chapter gave you a number of different strategies to help you build your self-confidence. The final chapter will take what you have found helpful so far and translate it into a regular form of practice to equip you for your onward journey. Number 14. Reflection and Future Direction Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward. This is Søren Kierkegaard. The early chapters of this book discusses how self-confidence is something we build and maintain rather than something we either have or have not. It is hoped that this is new understanding will help you counteract some of the shame and self-criticism you may have experienced in relation to low self-confidence. In addition, thinking about self-confidence in this way will hopefully help you develop a sense that things can change. This book pre presented the evolutionary origin of self-confidence, how and why we often undermine ourselves, and how developing self-compassion can help. Understanding ourselves can be a further key to letting go of our self-criticism and shame, and directing us towards more fertile ground on which we can build our self-confidence. That is why this book also explored the way our biological makeup and life experiences can aff affect us, the way we then learn to cope with life and the unintended drawbacks and consequences we often encounter. This book explored what compassion is and how the view we have of ourselves can stop us from developing it. That is, contrary to the public view that self-compassion is the easy option, wishy-washy or involves letting ourselves off the hook, the development of self-compassion can be a difficult path to threat on that requires strength and courage. It involves our confronting our past, our present, and our future, and all that they bring with them. You prepared for the development or enhancement of compassion with a number of exercises. You learned about various ways of practicing mindfulness. You then went on to practice soothing rhythm breathing and finding a place of contentment. You used compassion imagery in a number of ways, ranging from exploring how compassion feels in the mind and body to embodying the ideal compassionate self to developing a compassionate coach, companion and teacher or nurturer. Finally, 
compassionate thinking, letter writing and behaviors, as well as a number of other exercises were introduced as a mean for you to address your self-criticism and feelings of shame and ultimately find ways to further build your self-confidence. This chapter will now focus on two final areas, looking at your life as a story of strength and resilience, developing a template for self-practice that will build your self-confidence further. It is hoped that these two things will help you develop a more balanced view of yourself and give you a plan for the future. <laughs> Looking at your life as a story of strength and resilience, this book often have, has reflected on the amazing capacity we human beings possess. It has shown the way in which a combination of influences and experiences leads us to adopt certain ways of thinking, feeling and behaving. When circumstances lead us to struggle with our self-confidence, we, are be- we can become more prone to avoid things, adopt a social mask with others, or constantly strive in vain for perfection, engage in self-criticism, and experience high levels of anxiety and shame. Hopefully, the formulation exercise in Chapter 4 allowed you to gain a greater understanding of how past experiences might have affected you and your COVID method. It's also quite likely that the formulation you developed fails to recognize your resilience, strength, and other positive attributes. The following exercise is therefore designed to redress the balance. Exercise number 61. Updating your formulation. Before you begin, have your formulation available. Find a place that is as far as possible free from distractions, somewhere you can be for 10 to 15 minutes. Sit in a relaxed, open posture that has strength or alertness in it. It is a good idea to close your eyes for the start of this exercise, but you may prefer to lower your gaze instead and settle it on a low fixed point. If it is helpful to you, start by using your soothing rhythm breathing or place of contentment imagery. Alternatively, use one of the mindfulness practices from Chapter 7. After some minutes, bring to mind your ideal compassionate self or compassionate coach, teacher, companion or perfect nurturer. With the help of this image, evoke your compassionate mindset, reminding yourself of all the key qualities this brings with it. When you are ready, review the Influences and Experiences box in your formulation. Take a few soothing breaths as you review the information held there. Now, with the warmth of your compassionate mind, slowly ask yourself the following question, allowing yourself time to think and reflect on each one of them. Given that I have coped with these things, What can I compassionately conclude about myself? How can I view my strengths and qualities? Although such influences and experiences have resulted in difficulties, are there any positives that have come out of them? For example, do my difficulties make me more sensitive to the needs of others? If you have been able to come up with some compassionate views or conclusions about yourself, add a new box to your formulation, labeling it Key Strength and Qualities. Add this box underneath the Influences and Experiences box 
and draw an arrow from the old box to the new one. See Andy's updated formulation in diagram 6 as an example. Now write down your compassionate conclusions inside the new box. Once you have done this, take a soothing breath and return to the question again, allowing yourself time to draw further compassionate conclusions. Return to your soothing rhythm breathing, feeling a sense of things slowing down. Now with warmth, slowly read over each of the key strengths and qualities you have written down. Consider each in turn. Allow them to sink in. Andy's story continued. As time passed, Andy began to recognize that the formulation he had worked on so diligently seemed to give only one side of his life story. He therefore set about redressing his disimbalance, reviewing the notes and letters he had written in his journal, and looking at the questions provided in exercise number 61, he began drawing ideas together relating to his resilience, strength, and other positive attributes, and then used this information to update his formulation. Once the exercise was complete, Andy took a few soothing breaths and read it through. As he did so, he felt his self-confidence building further. Andy was so positive about the experience over the following month that he returned to this formulation again and again to update it with new insight. Reflection on exercise number 61. You may find this exercise taunting. Your attention may be drawn back to difficult memories and thoughts. This is of course perfectly normal. If this happens, be mindful of where your attention has gone and warmly direct it back to the question you are asking, your compassionate mind. If it helps, break off and engage in an exercise such as your soothing rhythm breathing or some form of imagery before returning to the exercise. Although I would encourage you to do this exercise initially on your own, some people find that it helps later to seek uh, the views of people they trust how do they see you in light of your influences, past and present, and experiences? If they suggest that you have additional strengths and qualities, make a note of this. Then revisit the exercise and consider the additional points that were raised. Let your mind and body absorb these new observations. If you feel comfortable with the statements made about you, add them to your formulation. If you don't feel comfortable writing, for example, I am kind, it may be helpful to write, my friend Joe thinks that I am kind. At this point in your journey, you may also want to make further updates to your formulation, such as adding positive influences and experiences you have had or are currently having. You may wish to note down helpful coping strategies you have discovered and their benefits. All of this updating will hopefully have a positive impact on the view you have of yourself and further build your self-confidence. Finally, as you did previously, you can use this more balanced formulation as a focus for a compassionate letter or further compassionate imagery. Developing a template of self-practice It is likely that many of the principles and exercises outlined in this book have been helpful to you while others have been less so. For example, you may have found the soothing rhythm breathing exercise really helpful, yet not achieved the same sense of calmness and warmth from engaging with place of contentment imagery. 
This is absolutely normal and is why the Compassion Mind approach introduces a range of different exercises in the hope that you will find some of uh, that benefits you. Throughout this book, your attention has been brought to your personal practice summary sheet, where you were asked to keep notes on the effectiveness of each exercise and to record any additional observations that you wished to make. Alternatively, you may have chosen to summarize your experiences in your notebook or journal. Have your personal practice summary available as you complete the final exercise in which you will formulate a self-practice plan using the exercises that you know work best for you. Exercise number 62. Your personal plan for the future. Use the following worksheet to record the exercises from this book that are more li- or most likely to help you continue to build your self-confidence and develop your compassionate mind. Worksheet number 13. Your personal practice plan for the future. Things that you have found helpful and would hope to practice daily. What will help you keep up this practice? Things that you have found helpful and would hope to practice weekly. What will help you keep up this practice? Things that you have found helpful and would hope to practice at certain intervals. What will help you keep up this practice? Things that you have found helpful and would hope to practice when times are difficult. What will help you keep up this practice? Things that you have found helpful and would hope to practice when things are going well. What will help you keep up this practice? The following worksheet shows the personal practice plan that James created after receiving his personal practice summary. James worksheet, a personal practice place for the future. Things that you have found helpful and would hope to practice daily. Mindfulness when I walk the dog, switching my focus from one sense to another. Towards the end of the walk, I will evoke my ideal compassion itself, whose perspective I will take when I look ahead to the rest of the day. Soothing rhythm breathing just before I go into work. Asking myself, what can I do today that will make tomorrow a better day? After my first hot drink of the day, I will use my compassionate coach imagery to evoke a compassionate mindset before I do this. What will help you keep up this practice? Having the prompt of the walk, the drink and going into work will help. Write this plan up again on a card and keep it in your journal. Review on the first of the month how I have done. Things that you have found helpful and would hope to practice weekly. On a Sunday I will write a compassionate letter to myself using imagery first. On a Saturday morning I will practice my imagery, allowing myself 30 minutes. In this exercise, I will ask my compassionate coach to help me design a compassionate behavioral experience aimed at building my self-confidence for the week ahead. What will help you keep up this practice? I will write it on my calendar until the end of the year. I will try not to book other things in at those times, and if I do, I will move the practice elsewhere and make a note of it.
things that you have found helpful and would hope to practice at certain intervals. I will schedule going every couple of months for a walk somewhere beautiful and to practice mindful walking. When I stop for a break, I will evoke my compassionate coach and use this perspective to reflect on the time since I last did a week walk and looked ahead to the week before my next one. At the end of each month, I will use chair work to help me see my present situation from both my day-to-day perspective and then from my compassionate coach perspective. I will set aside event, e- sorry, aside evenings on my calendar for this. What will help you keep up this practice? In trials on the calendar, monthly review points, things that you have found helpful and would hope to practice when times are difficult. All of the above plus the following. Compassionate alternative thought worksheet on the day things are difficult. Reviewing the taking action chapter. Sitting in the presence of my compassionate coach with the difficulties I am having. If I'm having difficulties with someone else, looking at their situation from my ideal compassionate self perspective, doing this in the evening following any difficulties. In difficult situations, taking a soothing breath, adjusting my posture, and imagining warmth with, if appropriate, a slightly smile on my face. Compassionate letter writing. Maybe doing slightly different things each day to help gain a broader and richer compassionate perspective. What will help you keep up this practice? Knowing it works. Reading my letters to myself to reinforce this. Things that you have found helpful and would hope to practice when things are going well. Savor the experience. If someone has said something positive or acted towards me positively, making a note of it on my formulation. Updating my formulation at set intervals. What will help you keep up this practice? Slowing down and noticing positive experiences. Keeping my journal with me as a reminder. Doing all of the above will help me further tune my mind to increase self-confidence. Reflection on exercise number 62. Remember that this is a compassionate plan to help build both your self-confidence and your compassionate mind. You can adjust and aim it in light of new experiences at any time. Also remember that you are planning here for what you hope to do. Life gets in the way of all of us sometimes. We can get caught up in all matter of things that divert us from our original aim. This is often most true in the early days, years and months of self-practice. When you do notice that you have wandered away from your plan, refamiliarize yourself with the work you have done to date. Then reflect on why you may have veered away from your plan, as this may give you some insight into the obstacles that have been raised and help you focus your mind on how to negotiate uh, them. Finally, rethink your plan, if necessary adjust it, and then resume your journey. Final thoughts. As mentioned at the start of this book, in years gone by, I would have been unable to hand over the final draft of this book without experiencing crippling self-criticism. As a young adult, I was convinced that if people truly knew me, 
they wouldn't like me, or at best would be indifferent. My mind was plagued by self-doubt, regret, worries, and at times I was emotionally all over the place. It's not that I think I'm really now. It's something better than that. I can warmly accept myself, warts and all. I can be compassionate towards myself and also feel more connected with others. This sense that we are all in it together is very different from the treadmill of constantly comparing myself favorably or more commonly unfavorably to other people. This has made me more self-confident and ultimately more content. Content, sorry. I wouldn't claim that all of this has been a result of the application of the compassion mind approach to my life. I had traveled some way down the path to self-confidence and self-compassion already. But this approach certainly accelerated the process. My continued practice helped me maintain a healthy state of mind by being more resilient to life's setbacks. It takes time to forge a new path. We have to overcome obstacles, negotiate a tendency to walk the more familiar route, be courageous. Having said that, I think, and most importantly, know from my own experience that the rewards are worth it. I sincerely wish you all the best in the next stages of your journey. And we come to further reading. Readings, of course, but this you can take for yourself. So this is has sorry, this has been the book The Power of Self-Compassion, Using Compassion Focused Therapy to End Self-Criticism and Build Self-Confidence. And you can find the book on pdfdrive.com for yourself. So, is there anything that we can use in our own journey to building up our self-confidence? Has there been anything in this book, I believe there has been a lot, that you can use in your personal life to find strength and courage to move on, but also find more happiness and joy in your life? I, I know I have. It has... Uh, helped me great in molding my mind in the direction that I want, becoming more self-aware of myself, becoming more of a loving and caring and kind human being. But I know I also have to work on this every day. This is not something that comes easy. It comes when you think about the things you put through your eyes and ears, that might mold you in a negative direction. And saying no to this, saying no to occupying your mind with this, and only occupying your mind with positive human beings, with a loving and caring and kind personality, and also focusing on books of self-care and kindness from other human beings that have been putting in the time and effort to write these books and also podcasts that are uplifting and then you spend your time on positive thoughts and ideas, then you will mold your mind in a more positive direction. So I hope this uh, podcast was helpful for you. I hope that you love and take care of yourself and the loved ones around you 
and that you start molding your mind in a more positive direction, building up your self-confidence. So this is uh, Kenneth Anderson signing off. Let's just change the scene here. So this is Kenneth Anderson signing off, and I hope you have had some enjoyment in my podcast. There was something that you could use, because my English is not the best in the world, and I tend to stutter a lot or something like that, you know, uh, in order for me to express myself so profoundly in the English language, I need to better myself even more. But I hope it was not so unbearable. And I hope you find positive things in my podcast that you can use so that you also can bring joy and kindness in your own life. So, with this said, I wish you a good day. This is Kenneth Anderson signing off. It's the 26th of May 2021. The time is 21.42 and it is Wednesday. Bye.